Hey, real quick, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming conference that you might be interested in attending. It's the Joy in the Home Marriage and Family Conference featuring Todd as the guest speaker. It takes place Saturday, September 17th at Foothills Community Church in Marble Hill, Georgia. Hey, that's my church. The conference will start at 5.30 p.m. with dinner provided just prior to the conference at 4.30 p.m. by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I told him to do that just to get up Todd's nose. So if you live in the North Georgia area or you just want to make the drive... Make your plans now to attend on Saturday, September the 17th by going to foothillscommunitychurch.org to get all of the details and your tickets. We can't wait to see you. And now, our British friend. Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, he had all the options put on. You are fully loaded and totally equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching, but not convicting preaching. And the legacy has been tragic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, please! Please! Send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, stories, sermons, articles, anything wretched, please! Send it to idea at wretched.org. All right, we start with Derek, who says, Mr. Mr. Friel. Mr. 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 Friel. Better. I missed it. I'm sorry. It's my fault. What are your thoughts on all of these new T-shirts that say, y'all need Jesus? Well, I've heard worse than that. It's it's the ones where we take a slogan from a company. Uh, uh, Jesus is the real thing. Okay, that's 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 the uh, old Coke slogan. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's the real thing. Wow. I'm so glad I can remember that, but not what I read in my Bible this morning. Some T-shirts are better than others. I think I think that some can actually be good and effective. It's sort of like church signs. They can be good. They can be stinkers. The only judgment that I might render on y'all need Jesus is y'all. I'm not sure that's proper grammar, and that is important, but that one's not bad because everybody does need Jesus, and it might actually start a conversation. Jimmy, you weren't around 20 years ago. Well, you were around, but you weren't around here 20 no, years ago. Correct. We were, we, was it, I was at the Cinderblock Bunker in the middle of a field known as KKMS AM 980, more spirited talk radio. See what, see what we did there? We created a t-shirt based on Ray Comfort's very, um, uh, um, like the most important question, the question that brings you right to the heart of an evangelistic conversation, would you consider yourself to be a good person? That gets you there just as quickly as, so what do you think about Easter? You're just, boom, you're right into it with that question. So we created a shirt that said, would you consider yourself to be a good person? Because we thought people would get those shirts so that they could witness to people. Well, guess what? 
people didn't get those shirts because it would cause them to witness to people. Kind of. Kind of had the opposite. You know, marketing ain't always so easy. T-shirts can indeed start an evangelistic encounter if we are wise. Anytime we try to sloganize Christianity, whether it's in bumper sticker form, church sign form, or T-shirt form, if we aren't careful, we could communicate the wrong message. And just another consideration, incidentally, and this maybe isn't as... Mm, likely, perhaps, as the fish symbol on the back of your car. But if you're driving down the street, you pull a boneheaded move that you don't even know about, and there's a pagan behind you, and he sees your fish bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah, that's those Christians. Come on, we've done it too. Somebody does a bad move, they're driving a Subaru. Yeah, those progressives, there it is right there. We just want to be careful that if we are putting a Christian message on our person or on our vehicle, that we aren't doing anything to undermine the message that we'd like to deliver. Idea at wretched.org. You know my favorite Christian t-shirt? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Christian t-shirt, but you know my favorite shirt? Mm. It's got the picture of a taco on it. it says, oh, no. Want a taco about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and it shouldn't be embarrassing <laughs> and punny. Nope. Yeah. You know what? As a, as a rule, I... I no, I'm going to go a step further. It's a sin to make puns regarding anything Christian. <laughs> it's just a sin. Stop it. Everybody stop with the punny statements about G. Want a taco about Jesus? <laughs> What's the one about the, the choir? Oh, oh, singers want it in choir. Within. That's a sin. That's what that is right there. That is just a That's sin. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> idea at wretched.org all right this comes from brett says hello mr friel i'm wondering what the difference between wanting something and coveting something is you gotta have it and you don't think the person who does have it should have it it's okay to desire things in fact you can see somebody who has something that you don't go boy that would be nice ain't nothing wrong with that god allows us to have biblical desires of our heart and he's inclined to grant those things regularly and often. But when we need, I got to have, that guy shouldn't have that. Or I'm miserable because I don't have that. That's when you cross the line into coveting. Perhaps this incentive to keep you from doing that, it ain't good for us. When I just, oh, man, why can't I have that? Why doesn't my effort produce that kind of fruit? Uh, it's just, it, it's just, it, I think it develops a bitter root in, inside of us that is really very, very difficult to extract. So have desires that are biblical. This, by the way, is what it means to pray in the name of Jesus, I believe. And we tend to just tack it on because you can't finish a prayer. <laughs> I was with somebody. And we, were, we were praying and the, the, the person ended praying, and it was like kind of um, a million miles away from saying in Jesus' name. And so in G so he thought, I better pray a little bit more and get the thing back on track so that I can end this thing in Jesus' name because that's the way we just do it. And that is fine to do that. But I think it's more than just a nota bene to our prayers. It's praying in alignment with Jesus' will. Praying in his name is asking for the stuff that he desires, that he wants. 
then my my requests are in alignment with his desires. And when you desire things correctly, when you desire things that are perfectly biblical, uh, God is fine with that. And just don't think that you gots to have it and hate those who do happen to have it. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Chris. Mr. Friel, my wife and I have three boys, ages five, three, and one. Is there any advice you can give on when the talk should happen? Okay, here's when I think the talk should happen. I think there's two guidelines for this. Number one, the talk should. Now, remember, should. I didn't say must. Should happen when you determine it should happen. Okay? That's, That's when it should happen. Rule number two. If others are talking to your children before you want them to learn certain information, then it's time for the talk. You got to be there, mom and dad. You got you got to know what information is being downloaded, even into your kindergartner, because if the world is teaching them, then we got to be there to counter that or we've got to be there to extract them from that. We, we, we're going to have to be having these conversations at appropriate levels at younger and younger ages. However, we might even have to have some things that are conversations that are downright inappropriate. I'm telling you what they are teaching K through two is staggering. It is absolutely mind blowing. And that's K through two, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Um, uh, you should know. I, I just don't want to use the words. I don't want to tell you. I know what they're teaching them. I just don't want to. I don't care to talk like that. If the world is talking to them like that, then it's time for you to talk to them about that. And I'm sorry for that. But that's the world we live in. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Sarah. Hello, Wretched Mr. Friel. Uh, I hear this emphatically all of the time in Bible studies. You can't love others until you love yourself. Unless you love yourself. Yeah. And my response has always been, but that's our problem. We <laughs> do love ourselves a lot. And then the response I usually get is, yeah, but there are a lot of people who hate themselves. So what's the best way to respond without sounding like uh, we should dislike ourselves? Yeah, no, nobody hates themselves. Nobody. We... Jesus made that clear. Love your neighbor the way you love yourself, except for those people who actually hate themselves. Then you shouldn't, don't do that because that would be, hey, and no, everybody, we all love ourselves a lot. And and where did I, I was just reading. I think it's in a book. Yes. No, wait, I'm not ready yet. I was just reading about the subject of pride, that it is the sin it is, it is the root of all sins. And it was a bunch of people. It was quotes from everybody ranging from C.S. Lewis to Augustine or Augustine, depending on whether you live in Florida or not. And everybody recognizes that the, the sin of pride is lurking behind every bad decision, poorly uttered word, and every terrible thing that we do, pride is right there. Because we love ourselves in abundance. It's as if Jesus, he was saying, here's the, here's the preeminent amount of love you can show to your neighbor. The amount you love yourself. And we don't see a verse in the Bible that says there are those who really hate themselves. Because those who hate themselves, more likely, if you help them think it through a little bit, 
They're just disappointed, sad, heartbroken that life isn't the way they believe it should be and they're not living the life they think they deserve. Because we all love ourselves. This is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Here's a fun fact. Did you know Todd also hosts a daily TV program? Yep, that's right. Wretched TV is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters, conversations about tough theological issues, and like a jillion other things. And you can find Wretched TV pretty much everywhere. It's airing on over 135 Christian TV networks. You'll also find the show on streaming services like Roku, American Gospel TV, Answers in Genesis TV, Amazon Fire TV, and as always, the very trustworthy and reliable wretched.org. This, of course, is only possible because of our gospel partners. It's through their kindness and generosity and commitment to the gospel that we're able to reach millions of people all over the world every year. And so can I ask you to please pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. You can find out more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. Henry VIII's act of supremacy makes the king, not the pope, head of the Church of England. While Henry's concerns were largely political, his archbishop, Thomas Cranmer, worked to mold the Anglican Church into a thoroughly Protestant church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you have to send it to somebody, please send it to us. This is Wretched Radio, hoping that you will send anything wretched that appears on your electronic screen. 
Simply type in idea at wretched.org, copy and paste, forward that article, sermon, story, anything wretched to idea at wretched.org. All right. Uh, this one comes from Tim. Todd, every marriage has ups and downs. So what's your favorite scripture for marriages? Hmm, my favorite scripture? Absolute faith. Um, all right. Well, I'm thinking Romans. Okay, if what I'm saying is I don't have one. I'm thinking of one right now is what I'm actually doing. Romans 12. I haven't thought about it in those terms, but I'll pick up. May I? Can I have several favorite verses? Is that kind of going Absolutely. off the board? Is that some sort of political answer? Okay, Romans 12 comes to mind in telling us to esteem others as better than self. Paul says it twice in Romans chapter 12. Remember, he's delivered all of this theology for 11 chapters. Now he's giving the practical in 12, 13, 14, 15, and a little bit in 16 because it's a whole lot of greetings going on. I love that notion because when you esteem yourself as less than others in the house, it's harder to get upset. When you think you're better, you get agitated because those people aren't living up to my standard and I deserve to have obedience in this home. Humility is super helpful. But another Bible verse that comes to mind, believe it or not, is Paul telling Timothy that he was the chief of sinners, that Jesus died for sinners of whom I am the foremost. You say, what does it have to do with marriage? If you believe yourself to be the worst sinner in the house, it's, you're going to get along better with people. You're going to be the humble one. You're going to be the non-accusatory one. You're going to be the one who doesn't just get agitated with everybody in this house because you esteem yourself as the chief of sinners. However, if I had to pick one, maybe that captures all of this in a little bit more mm, explicit detail. Let's go to Philippians chapter two. Jimmy, did somebody take my glasses? I haven't seen them for a long time. Not that I can see much. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each other esteem others better than self. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but for the interests of others. So there's the idea in Romans chapter 12. That's the application of Paul's chief of sinners claim. We're supposed to treat each other this way. Now, how do we do this? Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, of a slave, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." I'd have to say those verses probably would be the most helpful for reorienting your marriage and your parenting, which I will be discussing. Jimmy, give everybody the details. September 17th. Oh, you got it. I, yeah, I do. September 17th at uh, Foothills Community Church in Marble Hill, Georgia. Marble Hill. Marble Hill. Uh, you know what? 
If you're going to come to the, the we're, it's a Saturday night affair. We're going to be eating the Chick-fil-A. At 4.30. At, at 4.30? Yeah. We got to eat with old people. What did we, I was gonna, what did we all eat? <laughs> they, found out, they found out how old you were. <laughs> <laughs> got to do it early. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Join us, but please build in a couple of days because I'm telling you, Marble Hill, there is so much to see and do. Jimmy, tell everybody what there is to see and do in Marble Hill, Georgia. <laughs> There's a Waffle House. Mm. Or a huddle house. But you can go get sick. Look, <laughs> you go eat at the Waffle House, you spend the rest of your day in your camper or in your hotel room, sick to your stomach. Yeah. So look at that. You're going to fill up your time like nobody's business. Jimmy, tell everybody where they can get information or tickets or whatever it is. <laughs> Foothillscommunitychurch.org. Foothills, plural. Communitychurch.org. It is a lovely part of Georgia. If you can join us, we would love to see you. It'll be a real sweet night. And Pastor Parrish, isn't that Kind of an unfortunate name for a pastor. Pastor Parrish. Pastor Parrish. He should be Roman Catholic because they typically call him parishes. Then he'd be Father Parrish. And oh, the confusion that would ensue. He's going to allow me to take the pulpit on Sunday morning. If you can make it September 17th, we would be delighted to see you. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Kyle. Todd, if I do something just absolutely horrible in a dream during the night... Is it sin, and should I repent of that? Yeah, I, I get that. So let me let me start out with with I'll I'll just say if I I'm going to answer the question. I'm not going to pull a Bill Clinton on you. I'll answer the question, but then I'll explain it to give it a little bit of coloring. Do I think it's a sin to have a a a, a sinful dream, whether it's sexual, violent? Whatever it is, is that a sin? And I think the answer is yes. I do. I just, I, I think it, because it is sinful thinking. Now, having said that, we need to recognize it's kind of our, our fallen brains, maybe doing a brain dump, whatever the explanation is for dreams. It, it, it's their synapses flying all over the place. But the reality is they're my synapses and they're my thoughts and it's my busted brain. And it, and and it is and it is my not yet glorifiedness. That's right, glorifiedness. So I'm going to own up to it, but I'm I'm not going to be debilitated by it because it's not like I went to bed going, okay, let's 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 think really bad thoughts so that when I fall asleep, I do bad things. Okay, if you're doing that, that's. Well, you probably need a biblical counselor. But if you just go to bed, you've maybe, you've, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for keeping me alive. Please grant me rest. I also encourage this. Please don't let me sin, even in my dreams. Because if something bad, even in imagination, even though it's in our sleeping state, if, if something sinful happens, it's got to be accounted to somebody. So we've got to take it. But you could pray to the Lord that he wouldn't let it happen. And if you wake up and it's like, oh, no, I had, oh, that was sinful. Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Would you please fill my brain more and more with your thoughts so that my synapses are not sinful? And then get on with your day. Don't be debilitated by it. Don't be, oh, I'm so lecherous because I've had a, I've had a bad dream last night. Is it a sin? Yes. Should it cripple you? No. Having said that, if you are during the day filling your brain with sinful stuff, you're going to have sinful dreams. 
you fill your brain more with godly stuff, you're going to have more godly dreams. Please send emails with whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Anonymous who says, what does it mean to deny yourself? How do I do that? By not doing the things that you ought not to do and doing the things that you should. You deny yourself. Take up your cross. I'm not going to pursue me anymore. I'm not going to pursue the desires of my heart. I'm going to pursue the desires of God's heart. I am not going to let myself do those things. And if I, if, if I could also just turn the, the glass a little bit, I'm going to do the stuff that I don't feel like doing. Example, I come home from work. I'm exhausted. The kids grab me by the pant leg because they're little ones and they want to play, daddy. And I don't want to. I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to play. I'm going to step it up and I'm going to do what is best for others. That takes us back to Philippians 2, ironically. So we deny ourselves not just by not doing sinful things. Okay, I'm not going to look at porn. That's I'm not going to do. That's good. That's a good denial. Don't get me wrong. But don't forget the put off, put on principle, Ephesians 4, of biblical counseling. I'm putting off porn, but I'm also going to put on using my time, my energies, my eyeballs for these good things. And I'm going to do those things. And in that, you are denying yourself and becoming more like Jesus Christ. And there might be no greater realm than in the realm of our emotions. You could be sinfully angry if you want to, but you don't have to. Why don't you deny yourself with the, the sense that I've just got to unload on my spouse? Or you could have the emotion of anxiety. Now, it's more complex than this, I grant you, but we're talking about a slightly different subject here. You can choose to be sad or you can say, you know what? I'm going to deny myself that emotion. I, I'm, I'm not going to do it because it's sinful. I'm talking, I'm talking about sinful troubling here, not just being upset at the death of a loved one or an event that looks pretty uh, um, bleak. That's okay to be troubled like that. Just not sinfully troubled. Deny it. Don't let yourself have sinful emotions. Pick up your cross. Follow after Jesus. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. And the ACLU kicks off the news today, which not usually a good sign, is it? Well, they, the ACLU that is, is representing a group of Florida students and teachers who are suing to put a stop to Florida's ban on CRT. The ban, which is called the Stop Woke Act, went into effect in July, and it prohibits any form of the Marxist ideology from being taught in classrooms. And that's not sitting too well with those who want to be able to freely teach that people are racist just because they were born a certain race or gender. The suit calls the Stop Woke Act racially motivated, which just makes me wonder what they call CRT because that's how I would define it. A 10-year-old child who reportedly identifies as transgender has become the youngest transgender model to walk a runway. Now let me rephrase that entire sentence in reality. A 10-year-old child who is obviously suffering from confusion is being lied to and mocked and then paraded around in front of people. 
This is nothing more than child abuse. No other explanation for this will suffice. It is child abuse, and this poor child needs help. The Florida Department of Education is ordering schools to alert parents if their child is forced to use bathrooms with students of the opposite sex. Apparently, a biological male student dressing as a female sexually assaulted a girl in a Florida public school bathroom. And the school district where this took place has an open bathrooms policy in effect, which is why this actually took place. That policy will not be in effect very much longer because the new state policy will shut down the district policy. I just can't figure out for the life of me whoever thought this was a good idea. Like, who was the first person who said, you know what would be a great thing we could do? Let boys and girls use the same bathroom. America's largest murder facilitation factory, Planned Parenthood, is reportedly planning to donate $50 million toward 2022 midterm elections in an effort to elect pro-murder candidates. And you know, when I read that, it makes me wonder just how much of that $50 million is taxpayer money, because you know, they've been given a lot of it over the years. I long for the day that this evil place is no longer in existence. Now, the cancel culture, it has struck fear in the hearts of so many people. Like actor Jamie Foxx, who recently said his new comedy movie, All-Star Weekend, is held up and may never be released. Why? Well, because Robert Downey Jr., who stars in the movie, plays a Mexican guy, and it will not be able to be released until Sanity returns, according to Fox, which will likely probably never return. You know, the fact that so many people are so afraid to be canceled by the culture just because actors acted in a movie is just so insanely ridiculous. Movies are not real. And actors play roles that are not real. They play people that aren't actually in existence in scenarios that are made up. So why is this such a problem? More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Nahum, whose name means the Lord comforts, brought a message of comfort to God's people and a prophecy against Nineveh. Nineveh was a powerful city, but they were no match for God. He punished them severely for their wickedness. When you see evil or are tempted towards evil, remember that there are only two possible outcomes, repentance or destruction. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh boy. That was the sound of me being scared. This is Wretched Radio. Love it when you send stuff to idea at wretched.org. We also love it when you call 1 282 BEEP. Hey, I'm not sure if I missed this episode or not, but what is your take on demonic um, influence or possession in the Christian community or um, even in non-believers? Well, we do know that they're influencing, hopefully pagans more than believers, but demons, they prowl about. They look for trouble. They look to undermine. They look to cause pain because they love it. Anything that is light, they despise. If it is horrible, they love it. And that means when you believe the lies of the devil in the world system, you are falling into their trap. Oh, they are. You, you do something sinful and you immediately go, oh, no. Why did I listen to that thinking in my head that said that nobody's looking? I can do this. At that moment, the devil is laughing. Or at least demons are. 
<laughs> gotcha. They wreak havoc. That is their modus operandi. However, that that isn't the same thing, though, as demon possession. Can they possess the body of an unbeliever? Absolutely. Nothing has changed. Can a demon possess the body of a believer? Absolutely not. The Holy Spirit does not accept roommates. He's not asking for applications, and he is not going to allow a squatter to stay in what is his possession. That means the best way to get a demon out of somebody is not by claiming to have authority. You don't want to end up like the seven sons of Sceva. Instead, preach the gospel to them. They get saved. The Holy Spirit indwells them. The demon has got to scoot. Please don't mess around with demons. Just don't fall into that trap. I know it feels kind of good. Devil, I'm telling you to go back and I'm building a hedge. Hold it. You don't have that kind of authority. Be aware. Understand their wiles. And if you meet somebody who's possessed, preach the gospel to them. one 282 beep one 282 Sorry, I'm a little behind. This is from June 27th, where you were speaking about Audioferon. And you asked Jimmy if he shopped at Target. And you equated shopping at Target with working at BeliefNet, where they're publishing heresy. <laughs> Jimmy, do you happen to have a recollection of this particular phone call from June? I do. I do. You had to look it up. There's I, I no did. way you remember. Well, he okay. gave me the date. <laughs> don't, don't tell me you remember anything past about 60 seconds. Ago, no, I <laughs> which is twice as long as what I remember. So I'm not I'm not judging. So this goes back to June. Right. So uh, there was an article published on BeliefNet uh, that um, someone who works there wrote that said, Jesus didn't die for your sins on the cross. What? Uh, yeah. And so the question or the conversation ensued that, you know, you ask, well, could you work there if you sat in the cubicle next yeah. to this person? Right. You're solid. They just wrote this article. Could you work? continue working there? Yeah. And I said, man, nah, probably not. And you said, well, do you shop at Target? Because we got to do business with pagans. Right. Okay. Right. So it, taking your recollection of it, because you had to look it up, <laughs> would, I, would I maintain that position because this fellow takes issue with me? And I don't really think that was a fair comparison. Uh, I think there's distinctions that need to be made. There's a difference between shopping at a, a store that has a, a business and business practices that you have nothing to do with how they spend their money just let's just okay sir let's reason together let's remember that thought you have nothing to do with how a corporation spends the money that you give to them okay we're agreed on that versus working at beliefnet where you are a representative of that company and associated with them as an employee. There's a, a relationship difference there. Okay. You know what? I, I, I don't disagree with that because I do believe that there are times when you can't work there. You're working at a computer company. You're work, they, they do internet stuff. And the next thing you know, they've converted into being a porno site. You, I, no, I can't do anything because that whole blech is just, that's the word I'm looking for. But what about at an organization where they make sinful decisions or they support Planned Parenthood? I would go back to that, that comment that you made that said that we have nothing to do with how they spend their money. If they want to do those things, then they do those things. And it's not on me. 
Now, what about if the organization isn't making porn, they're cranking out bad theology? I think I'm not all that I'm not very familiar with belief net. Is it exclusively Christian or is it everything? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not hundred <laughs> percent confident. <laughs> All right, so they, they they write an article that says Jesus doesn't sin and you work there. Do you like that? Absolutely not. I think there's some questions that need to be asked before somebody encourages you to turn in your resignation. What do you do there? What 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 is your function there? Are you directly helping that sort of bilge be published? Or is it an ancillary assignment that you have and you're just working there making a living? That that could make a difference. Are you writing articles like that? Are you being forced to write articles like that? Are you being forced to affirm articles like that? I I think, I think that there are going to be times when an individual can continue working there. And here's the circumstances where I think that could be. Jimmy, I want you to imagine you work at BeliefNet. Okay. You're a columnist. Okay. The guy in the cube next to you on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, he turns out garbage. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you quit, he's still going to turn out garbage. But on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, because you're like Chick-fil-A, you take Sunday off. Right. You write something good. Okay. So you are actually seeing your job potentially as I'm countering the bad. I'm, I'm, I'm actually here kind of like, what would, would it be, a spy of somebody who's undercover? I'm trying to. To counter something here, and you are then at least getting good messages out to somebody. Jimmy, let me let me just change it for a moment. You're not the employee. You're, you're the pastor of that guy. And he comes into you and says, Jimmy, past, Pastor Jimmy, because hmm. we don't use last names anymore. Pastor Jimmy, do you think that I should keep working there if I can publish good stuff on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays? I think I'm making a difference. I'm reaching people. I see the numbers. I'm getting the emails from people. People are getting saved. Can I stay, Pastor Jimmy? Can I stay? Can I, huh? Yeah, I don't think I can argue that. But having said that, there are indeed times when you you just can't. If you're participating directly with the production thereof, I think that's the difference. Now, having said all of that, sir, I'm going to chew on this further because you've given me food for thought. So I will Nosh on that to try to see maybe because maybe the rule is if the company is doing something overtly bad, not just supporting bad from the profits that you help create, but they're actually creating a product that is bad for people, then maybe uh, we need to rethink that and say, I, I don't want to be participating in that as opposed to my current position, which is you can if. And there would need to be some considerations that would cause you to go, it's okay to stay there. You okay with that, Jimmy? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there is a lot to, to think through. Well, here's 20 years ago, I, I would have pounded my fist and said, this is what you need to do. Well, 20 years of living and 20 years of meeting people and 20 years of understanding experiences that other people have it demands, I'm not saying that we equivocate on our theology or that we erase the line and move it to the left, but that we think it through thoughtfully because real lives are involved, mm-hmm. real people here. So if I say, no, you absolutely can't, well, a bunch of people out of the tens and tens of people listening would go, well, then I need to quit my job too. Right. Because I'm at a place that they're not doing that same thing, but they're doing something like that. So I'd have to quit too. 
So I think that we just need to think it through more pastorally and thought and just the considerations and recognizing, too, and some of these things, these are tricky issues. And we want to take our our ramrod straight Christian principles and apply them to very crooked situations without ever bending them, but recognizing that the application can be a little bit tricky when it comes to some of these issues. And but I was just going to say, there's also the thought too that if you're if you're the guy sitting next to him, you're pushing out good stuff. How much influence can you have on the guy sitting next to you? Yeah, you that was, okay. See, somebody would say that to you also. Right now. Maybe you would say, okay, these are the exceptions and we can make a rule. If your company is producing something that is overtly sinful, you can't participate in that, even if what you happen to do there doesn't contribute directly to it. Okay, Um, but I, I, I think we need to recognize there are exceptions. And increasingly, we're living in a world where you are going to be doing business for or with people that do really bad things. So let's noodle through this one together and, and, and be gracious, hopefully, as we do, and then ultimately do exactly as I say. And please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org or beep talks to one 282 beep This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this... Groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized, and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life, and yet the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Quick, what's the first thing that pops into your mind when I say the word partner? I'm only asking because I do genuinely wonder if I've been crystal clear on the significance of our gospel partners. Our gospel partners truly are allies, helping and granting us the privilege in spreading the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. With productions like Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and resources like Wretched Worldview, Breaking Bread, Life is Best, The Drive-By Series, and a ton of others, we're reaching millions with the gospel, but it's only possible because of the generosity of our gospel partners. If you're already a Wretched Gospel partner, I humbly thank you for your kindness and support. And if you're not, can I ask you to visit wretched.org slash donate to get all of the details on becoming a Wretched Gospel partner and then prayerfully consider partnering with us if you can. We are grateful for all you do and humble that God continues using wretches like us to spread his gospel to millions. Wretched.org slash donate. That's wretched.org slash donate. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable, biblical health 
sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff second of all you can save on average $500 per month and finally MediShare it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Revelation. Is the Bible really God's Word, or is it just a collection of human ideas? Here are a few words the Bible uses to describe itself. Perfect, God-breathed, authoritative, without error, the Word of the living God. The Bible is God's inspired and trustworthy Word to humanity, through which He makes Himself known and continues to draw us to Himself. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Forget church signs. We've got to get this figured out. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy? Yes? You, during the break, were, were, were chatting about the scenario of working in an organization where they do some sinful stuff. Right. But you mentioned that if this religious website, whatever it is, is only pumping out direct assaults on Jesus Christ. Correct. If it's just putting out bad heretical content. That's it. There's there's nothing redemptive about it. Right. There's no way that you could possibly justify your decision to stay. It's all bad. Right. If it's all bad, and like, like I said, if you're the IT guy, you're helping keep their internet and computers yeah. going, the means in which they publish these articles, then you are kind of helping putting yeah, it out there. No, I, okay. I, I, I accept that. No. The, the, so I, I, I don't – what, what is it called? BeliefNet? Yes. Is that the name of the, the thing? Do they publish anything good? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is everything – hold on. I'll let you know in just a second here. I agree with you. If you're working at a place where – okay, wait a second. Just Let's just make this more complicated. Real, it's complicated enough already. You work at a gun factory, and somebody uses the gun – that you have helped manufacture to commit homicide. Mm-hmm. Should you quit your job? I think we go, well, no. I was I was doing a good thing by making this this tool, this weapon. I didn't tell anybody to go murder somebody. I I I I think that we would say, even though it does get used for something bad, I can stay. But let's say you're working at a place where they manufacture um, what's the name of the thing? We're having the epidemic in this country where people die from just touching this drug. Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, oh, if you wouldn't have asked you, fentanyl, F. fentanyl, fentanyl. fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it pH? Yeah, I think it's F. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> you. You make fentanyl. I, I know. Sorry, I don't know if there's anything redemptive about fentanyl. All I know is a lot of people are getting killed from it. And you work at that factory that makes that, if there is such a place, the point is you're doing something that is intended to be harmful or sinful. Yeah, I I, I think that you would have to take a look at trying to find another occupation. I, I think you'd have to take a look at, at, at that or not. All right. So I'm at the belief net. Okay. What to do when we feel God is gone. 
Does he hear your cry? Six ways not to pray according to God. Now, six things that will help you understand. I don't know what. They like lists. Nine ways to make someone else's day. Eight ways to refuel spiritually. Um, what to do when God, I'm looking for the name of Jesus here. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. All right, let's do eight ways to refuel spiritually. Shall we? Surround yourself with positive people. Okay. It's not heresy. Clear the clutter and confusion. Oh, boy. We've all watched one episode of Hoarders and at some point felt buried alive. One thing that can hinder your ability to get back on spiritual track is being surrounded by confusion. And when your tank is running low, there can be a lot of a lot of it around you. Sometimes just eliminating the clutter invites positive waves into your life. Oh, blech. this <laughs> a lot of self-help. It's just self-help is yeah. what it is. Yeah. All right. Do they have a search engine on this site by any chance? I'm not sure. I don't know that I've ever been on the website. I've got a search engine. <laughs> Let's type in a word. Jesus. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Capital J-E-S-U-S. Hit and let's see what we've got. Some facts about Jesus Christ. Wow. It took me off of their website. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those search engines that takes you out to the, it just basically Uh, does Google searches for you. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Oh, wait. Six things Jesus didn't die for at BeliefNet. All right. Well, let's just see what they have to say about Jesus, shall we? He didn't die for selfish ambitions. Okay. He died for my selfish ambitions. He didn't have any of those, and that's not why he was killed. Uh, that's what they're saying in this. So we could live comfortable and convenient lives. No, that's true. It's God's common grace that provides those things. Was that contained in the atonement? Not now. Eternally, yes. So I would have to say technically, yeah, actually he did. So we could have comfortable, convenient, eternal lives to make the American dream happen for us. Okay, fake cosmetic Christianity. I agree. He didn't die so that we could be phonies for Christian overactivity and busyness. Um, all right. Without actually reading this particular article, um, it, it's it's uh, I'm not hearing like heresy. But it's almost like a self-help Christianity, isn't right, it? Right, correct. Okay, yeah. now here's one. So that we wouldn't have to. This should be the one where it's about grace, justification, right? True, right, true. All right, here we go. Jesus did die so that we would not have to. He suffered on the cross in order to save us from the grips of death and darkness. Well, yes, but the wrath of God Without him and his death, we would have been doomed to suffer for our sins. Christ saved us from fate, from that fate, when he died on the cross and rose again on the third day. The resurrection, however, does not mean we can simply sit back and enjoy the knowledge that we are saved. Christ made it clear that he also expects us to take up our cross and follow him. As he said in the Bible to his disciples, we have to choose to die to ourselves and the world of sin. It is only then that the life of Jesus can grow and have a greater place, peace, something in us. I don't have my glasses. Okay. Jesus died for us all. Well, it depends on 
what you believe in the extent of the atonement. There is no doubt of that. The fact is made clear in the Bible over and over again. Jesus died for his people. I like that sentence. It is also a point that is hammered home in every worship service from every Christian denomination. No, no, it's not. No. We hear every week that he died for us, but sometimes we believe he died for things he did not. Stop assigning extra things to the crucifixion and resurrection, what Christ died for, uh, that Christ, what Christ died for us then is astonishing enough without willful and often selfish embellishment. Okay. Um, could you work at a place that cranks out an article like that? You know, I mean, it's not direct heresy, all of it. I mean, so. No, this isn't the only article. Right. Absolutely. It's right, not the only I, article. I, I think, though, your, your, your point, though, is helpful. If you are working in a place, th- th- they're, they're pr- all they do is promote Arianism. <laughs> That's it. Right. Ah, how can how can we contribute to that? I I don't think that we can. Right. My only my only encouragement in this is that look there there's there should be there should be times we have to agree there's going to be some scenarios where we we just we have to lose our jobs. We might even be losing our homes. This is not uncommon in Christianity. I think I mentioned was watching that that masterpiece movie on Queen Elizabeth. Some of it just fictional, overdone, but but overall, just telling the story of her life in general, the Spanish Armada, the threats against her, her desire to remain a virgin for the rest of her life, hence the Virgin Queen. But there, the the bloodshed between Catholics and Protestants, it was constant. And all of the marriages were aligned based on religion. If Queen, El- Queen Elizabeth, according to this masterpiece theater presentation, was encouraged to marry the Spanish king or the French king because they're Catholic. She was a Protestant. Marry the Catholic. And then you don't have to. Then we'll have an alliance and we won't be going to war and everything will be well here. Why? Because the Catholics would invade the Protestants. Bloody Mary, the Roman Catholic half-sister of Elizabeth, killed Protestant. Hundreds of them. By the way, this particular special, it showed Ridley and Latimer being burned at the stake. Play the man, Ridley. We will light such a torch that it will be seen throughout the world. So we, we, need, to, we need to be prepared to adopt the mindset that says... Well, we're going to suffer loss. It, it, it might not be the American dream that we grew up in and that we might be called to make decisions that are hard and that are painful and that are sacrificial and that cause our families to struggle. That's, it's, it's what we're called to. That Believe Net article was right in this. We Pick up your cross, follow after Jesus. And that might mean that you have to say to your boss, I'm sorry, I can't participate in this anymore. And uh, just parting note, I sure would encourage you to repent because you, you, you've been encouraging this stuff and you've been promoting this stuff and it's a violation of God's will. You really need to repent of this and put your trust in Jesus Christ to have your sin. Well, secure, security, what are you doing in here? 
So again, leave me alone. <laughs> Let me get my stuff at my desk. We'll mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it might just come to that. Let's wrestle through this together lovingly and most certainly pastorally. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>